with the Winter Park Historical Association. Uh, this is Wednesday, March 17th, and I'm going to be speaking with Mrs. Rose Bynum, a longtime member of our community. Okay, you let me know. When yeah. No, uh, uh, Mrs. Bynum, would you tell us about a little bit about your family history? I know that your family goes back a long time uh, into the history of Winter Park. <coughs> I, Rose Charlton Bynum, is the fourth child born to Richard Harold Charlton Sr. and Olive Brookin Charlton. Richard, my dad, was born in Goldenrod, Florida, May 14th, 1889, and my mom, Olive May, was born in Winter Park, Florida, January 2nd, 1886. Now, her parents, Charles and Lena Brookins, Lena Philip Brookins was born May 10th, 1869, and she came here from Valdosta. Her father, Dempsey Phillips and Matilda Phillips, Matilda was born August the 20th, 18, no, that's the, please excuse me, she died August the 20th. 1899. She was born in March, but I don't know the year. And um, her husband, Dempsey Phillip, died Tuesday, June the 7th, 1932, but I don't have the date that he was born, but he was from Virginia. Now, I am the youngest of four children. And we, I now live on Canton, which is the same street that I was born, and I am the third, I'm now living in the second house from the house that I was born in, that my dad built, and my mom at night would hold the lamp for him to put the flooring in. That was 512 West Canton, and then I moved to 514 West Canton, and now I'm living 516 West Canton, so you know I've spent my life here. I am on the lot that my dad used then that he put a playground in for us due to the fact that we couldn't come on the east side to the playground, so he wanted us to have some enjoyment, and this is what he did. He put in a croquet ground, swing, and a seesaw and certain other things that kept us busy and happy. Thank you. You've done my work for me. <laughs> Would you tell us a little bit about the centennial of Winter Park in 1885? And uh, I believe your mother had a special distinction there. Again, my mother and Ray Trevelyan were honored at, for being the oldest living natives of Winter Park at that time. And we were very happy to know that she could be a part of it and be in the parade. So we all were, spent the day in the park, Central Park. And that was, that was in 82. Would you tell us a little bit about growing up in Winter Park, what it was like um, uh, when you grew up here? I grew up 
in Winter Park and I attended Hannibal Square School. And at that time, there were a school for the whites as well as for the blacks. And my mother at that time was home taking care of her family. And a lady by the name of William McMaster, my mother was highly recommended. And she made several trips to get my mother to go to work. But my, mom, my dad wanted my mother to stay home and take care of the family. So she came back and she convinced my mother that she had a son the same age of my, of, I, of me. And then my, I could go up and be with her son. And so I spent a lot of time, which was on Webster and Old New England Avenue, right across from the country club. And we had toys and we would ride up and down. And sometimes the people from the golf course would help me because I was very small. Jimmy that was her son, was much larger, and he would come back and help me up on the sidewalks to ride. And in the afternoons from our nap, we would be taken for a ride by the older daughter that was from a previous marriage, and she would take us to Sanford sometime to the zoo and to our land and around. And I had a bad experience. Then I was too young to understand. We were in Orlando, and we stopped at a a drugstore to be refreshed, and I couldn't get up on the stool, so she placed me on the stool, and the man asked me to get down because I was black and I could not be served. And, of course, Mary Ellen was highly upset, and she called her mother, and her mother said that she would close the place if I couldn't be served, and he wanted to put my ice cream in a cup. So we had to leave. But from then on, we could go back and be served because she couldn't understand the difference because I was black and I couldn't be served. And another experience uh, I had, which was what the other kids didn't have, and I wanted to be like the other kids, but then they fell in line and they thought it was good that I could get this. When it would rain, she would come to the school and she would bring my raincoat and my rubbers. No one else had rubbers. A lot of them didn't have shoes. But this is what she did for me. And in the summer, when they would um, go north, she would always stop at some shopping place and send me boxes of dresses. And I would see her after I grew up in public sometime, and she always referred to me as her little girl. And Jimmy now lives in Texas, but I don't keep in touch with him. That's certainly a wonderful story. Would you tell us a little bit about being in high school and where you went and maybe some of the subjects that you particularly liked and some of the activities that you participated in? I attended Hungerford High School, and my sister died at a very young age, and we were so close, and I just couldn't get it together after she passed, so I wanted to go out there to live. It was a boarding school also. And the principal then was Hall. I stayed out for a while, and then I came back, but I graduated from Hungerford High School. I was the Hungerford, Miss Hungerford High, and we had parades that would parade through Edenville and downtown Winter Park and then through the square, which is Hanover Square. I know that you're a member of one of the oldest and most distinguished churches on the west side of town, um, Ward Chapel. Uh, would you tell us a little bit about that? 
can shut it off if you need to. Oh. Is it on there? Yeah, it's on there. Okay. I am a member of War Chapel AME Church, which is on Pennsylvania, and I'm proud to say that my dad helped to build that church. And the altar now that we kneel and pray, I so often think of my dad, and when I look up, I can see the ceiling that he designed also. My dad was a beacon there at the church as well as my mom. He was a trustee, class leader, and usher. My mother was a stewardess as well as a deaconess of that church. So I spent most of my time in the church. When I was small, I had a lot of naps because I went to sleep. My dad being an usher, I went to sleep in the back there with him. Who was the pastor at that time, do you recall? I know there's, there's been a number of them throughout the years, and some of them have been there for quite a while. At the time, Reverend S.A. Williams was pastor. He also was uh, a teacher at the school. That was my mom's teacher. Then since then, there was Grant, Jones, Walker. I could just go on naming. But now... Our pastor is Reverend Charles E. Clark. I know you had quite an interesting business career uh, after you left high school, and would you like to share a little bit of that uh, history with us, Mrs. Bynum? I, I spent quite a few years with... Herbert and Susan Robinson, and I'm still with Susan Robinson, but Herbert Robinson, as you all might have heard, was a big contributor to the Moss Art Gallery. Also, he built the observatory for UCF and gave quite a bit of the land to that. He was an anonymous giver. He was a builder, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Herbert Robinson, well, his his brother Joe was a builder. Herbert first went Park Pines and he was a developer. And the, I think it was Robin Wood in Orlando. That's where they got the name from Robins Wood. He developed that. And I've, I've had a world of travel, and I must say that I was just blessed to be able to travel a lot. What and how did you serve Mr. Robinson? You were employed there with his company, is that correct? Yes, I'm a personal assistant. I see. Mm-hmm. What did that involve? I, I take care of everything. I run the house, and I have six in employment along with the gardener. Mr. Also, Mr. R was the builder of the bank on Aloma, which was the Aloma Bank, and then they named it the Atlanta Bank, Atlantic Bank, and now it's First Union. Also, he sold the the land for the Interlocking Country Club. Oh, I see. Um, we noticed there's been a lot of changes in Winter Park. Um, would you care to comment on that? 
Yes, it's hard. It breaks my heart. I, I look at it and I appreciate some of the change, but which was named Hannibal Square, and a Hannibal Square got its name. They had forefathers of Israel Richardson and and others, and um, there was Strader. And now Hannibal Square is no longer Hannibal Square. It, it 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 breaks my heart to know that there were times that we could not, and we were not allowed across the tracks after five or six. That is according to what time that you finish your work. And now they have come from the east over and taken the west from us. And that's that breaks my heart because I don't know what's going to happen. Then behind me there's a vacant lot and which belongs to the city, and that could very well be taken, which would just close me in because I am not selling. They don't have that much money to buy me out. My father and my mother worked hard, and they bought four lots, and that was for each child to have a lot. So that meant that this was home for us, and this is where we're going to stay. My brother lives diagonal across the street, and he has a nice home. And my brother was born where the Chamber of Commerce is now. That was my grandparents' home. And they towed that down, and they built on Canton, next door to where my brother lives now, which was 445 West Canton. Well, you've certainly seen a lot of changes in Winter Park, Mrs. Bynum, and we hope that the community still seems to value those of us who've been here a long time and the roots that we have in our community. Um, Mrs. Bynum is a very active member of the Winter Park Historical Association, and and uh, we've been talking some about the meetings and enjoying some of them. Uh she also serves in the museum as a volunteer, as many of the members do. Uh, before we close, is there anything else that you would like to uh, record? Or any other subject that you feel we've perhaps not hit upon? My mother was active in the ID Women's Club. Okay. At that time... The, the ladies worked, and most of them were off on Thursdays. And about two Thursdays of each month, they would prepare dinner, and the whites would come over. But before then, they organized, they didn't have a clubhouse, so they would meet at different homes, and then they would meet at the library. And they were fortunate enough, to have a lady here. She was from Chicago, and her name was Mary Lou DePew. And she lived on Fairbanks, where Hollow Chevrolet owns now. And as a little girl, I would go and sit and listen to her, and then she would have me to write letters for her around the town. And there was a white lady, and her name was Peasley. And she would get the other ladies together, families, and they would come over and they would have dinner on Thursday. But at the time they organized, there was a Viola Hazel, who was secretary. And, of course, uh, Mrs. DePew was president. My mother, Olive Charlton, was treasurer. 
and Cheney Larkin and Ollie Crouch. Do you have a date for that? That that was organized. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, the women's club was organized in. Yeah, go ahead. Dormant Club was organized July 29th, 1937. And I will continue to give you the the names of the members. There was Sarah Timberlake, Fannie Morgan, Mitty Jones Lee, Lula Duran, Agnes Stratton, Moselle Goff, and Beatrice Sterling Richardson. Do you know if any of them are still in town or their families are in town? Sarah Timberlake is in town. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Um, then after they organized, the Congregational Church gave them, which was the old Hooker Memorial Building, they gave that to them as for a clubhouse. And they were, this was moved on Pennsylvania and Boulevard. And now we're in a new building because they sold that to that property to the nursing home, Depew Nursing Home, so they would have more space. And now we are in a beautiful building across the street on Pennsylvania. Has the Women's Club membership stayed pretty constant during the years? I know sometimes clubs their membership goes up and then it goes down and then they come back up again. I understand they are still active. Is that right? Yes, they're still act. They're still active. Uh, the pres and they use the um, clubhouse so for many things, which is a big help because it does help to keep up the expense for the rent. The rent helps keep up the expense. But two, we use it because that's our only facility. The church use it and other clubs, even people from a land to come over and rent it. And that is across the street, I believe, from the original women's club. Is that right? right. Uh-huh. Correct. Uh-huh. And I understand not too long ago you had a, was it a 40th anniversary uh, celebration and put out a lovely booklet about that? I wonder if you'd like to talk just a little bit about that. They had um, an open house, I guess that you would call it, and for the at the new uh, ID Women's Club, and I was asked to give a history on the ID Women's Club, and because as a little girl I worked with them when they would have dinners and things, and I would stand on the door to take up the tickets and. And as I grew older, I moved into serving a table or whatever that young feet could have you do because there wasn't much entertainment for me to do, so my mother always would have me right with her at the club, and whatever the Red Cross had put on, I would come down and, and take that, close, that, um, that class too. But now the ID Women's Club is functioning very well, and they have... I don't know the membership, the number of membership, but um, from this ID Women's Club, when they first organized, then they started a junior young, um, young women's club from that organization. 
And at that time, Beatrice Sterling Richardson was the one that organized us, and she was our supervisor. And there was Rosalie Cole Davis, now she lives in Washington, was president then, Bessie Johnson Devonport, Elizabeth Toy Johnson, they are deceased, and Rose Charlton Bynum, Francis Allen Cleveland is deceased, Eunice Jones Charlton is deceased, Eloise is deceased, and Teresa Ball Carter is now uh, still living, Annie Lou Baker, Leola Parker are deceased, Vermel Maxwell is still living, Jothetha Jefferson and Gladys Coachman are gone. And I work along with the Idy Women Club, but I have not joined. I'm sorry to say, but I keep saying that I am. (laughs) (laughs) Mrs. Bynum, it's been very interesting talking to you, and you certainly have a big share of the history of Winter Park, and I'm going to be putting in the... um, file with your things, some of the information you're so graciously sharing with us, and I will make copies of it. And again, we thank you for your time and um, look forward to seeing you at a Winter Park Historical Association meeting. (laughs) Thank you.